People, oh, welcome along. This is the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. I'm your host, as always, Matt Gardner, and I'm a nutritional therapist specialising in sports nutrition by trade. This podcast digs into nutrition, movement, outdoor experiences, and it's supported by 33 Fuel, who produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. Use Matt10 at checkout and you'll gain 10% off. Everything you need is in the show notes. Two of my favourite products at the moment have to be their energy bars and their greens powders. So check them out. Everything's whole food base. If you have any questions, ask the team or ask myself. Now today, it's brilliant to invite a performance chef named Rachel Muse back on the show. We had a conversation a year ago. Rachel was a director at Talk, Eat, Laugh and also Discreet and Delicious. So our first episode's in the show notes. Everything you need to follow and stay in touch with Rachel is in the show notes. So let's get into this. Hopefully it'll be a brilliant conversation. I love chatting to her. We speak almost daily on Instagram about food, about things we're interested in, about coffee. So I hope you enjoy. Rachel, welcome back to the show. Nice to talk to you again, Matt. How are you? I'm I'm doing well, yeah. Trying to like like we said before the call, adjust to this, you know, end of year routine, back to London, try to just build a bit of consistency, stay busy, um, enjoy the sun because it's been brilliant the last few days, or well, last week to be fair. Um so yeah, yeah it's nice it's it's good to we you know, look, we talk almost every day on Instagram. You're either commenting on my coffee or yes. my food and we're we're, yes. we're we're speaking to each other. But it'd be brilliant for new listeners to just give them a quick rundown of of you and, you know, your passions, your work. Um and then obviously I can dive into a few kind of questions and hopefully we can, you know, we can have a good chat. Okay. Uh, my name is Rachel. I am a performance chef. A lot of people don't know what that means, and that's great. I didn't know. I had to be told what I was doing was called being a performance chef because I was just doing it. Um, so performance chef means that the food that I cook, uh, in theory, will have a positive effect on an athlete's performance. That's why it's called a performance chef. So I will w- work very closely with performance nutritionists because I do not pretend to know everything about nutrition. I don't. I don't need to. I work very closely with nutritionists who do know, and so when I, when someone says, okay, uh, this player is uh, maybe needs a little bit more potassium or a little bit more magnesium or, uh, you know, I know where to get more fibre, I know, you know, good fats, things like that, but if it's a, a macro question, then I will say, okay, now remind me, where would I find that? And they'll go, oh, yes, you'll find it here and you'll find it there. Um, and so, you know, it's better to pair it with this because then there's greater uh, bioavailability and those sort of things. And I go, right, you are. And off I go and I, I cook with those ingredients. Uh, so I started off working with one footballer in a premiership club. And then quite quickly uh, that grew. And so there was more work than I could do myself. So I accidentally started a business uh, because I needed to train and employ other people to do what I did. And I think what I do is extremely easy. However, as I'm training people, I realize that it's easy for me. It's not necessarily easy for everyone else. So I have also learned how to learn by accident. 
accident. There's an ambulance in the background. I don't know if you can hear that. That's okay. Um, I have also learnt, um, again, by accident, um, how to train people to be private chefs and performance chefs. So I should say that I... I work and uh, the chefs in my company work for individual athletes in their own homes. So we are not cooking for entire teams. We are cooking for individuals and their family members, whoever it is they live with at home. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, uh, an elite athlete and a sibling or an elite athlete and their partner and possibly children or sometimes it's an elite athlete and their childhood friends um, who sort of live live together in a very small kind of frat house and have a whale of a time. Um, so we will cook for the, the athlete in their own homes, which is great because we can cook the food that they actually want to eat and build it around what the performance nutritionist wants them to eat so it's it's the ultimate win-win situation oh interesting and i think like you said if you can get that if you can strike that balance between what they like to eat and then obviously what's supportive of their performance you know that's absolutely brilliant so i think if we pick up on that point a little bit you said the dynamic between training someone obviously building your business and then getting them to become an accomplished performance chef going to these houses you know working with individual clients you, you said obviously you picked it up quite quickly and you know we've known each other for a little while you've got you've got such a huge toolbox not just in obviously what you deliver but the way you communicate your passion your drive so you know what was it like trying to install that into into some of your you know your new recruits because I assume these people are various levels of, of of skill in the kitchen but I assume it's it's a dynamic of working with the client too, isn't it? It's a dynamic of working with the, we talked a bit about sports, um, physiology, you know, all these support teams off the call. So there's a few more moving parts and just going in, getting your head down and, and producing the food, isn't it? Very much so. Um, when I'm recruiting, I'm looking for personality. Skills I can teach, skills I can train, skills you learn by repetition. If you haven't got the right personality to be in someone's home, that I can't train that. That's It's there or it's not there. And some people can do the job and really do the job quite well, but don't really enjoy it. Uh, but most people, um, and then they, those chefs, performance chefs don't last particularly long with us they go and end up working for a team uh, in in a in a training ground setting and great good for them that's that's what they want to do that's what they are going to be really good at and that's what they excel at uh, but so I'm looking for personality because you have to have a very strong competent person with with technical skill in the kitchen but also you have to have someone who is prepared to be directed by the client and by the performance nutritionist and then add that what add their kitchen skills to the information that they're hearing from both sides and some people don't like that uh, and also being in someone's house is a very complicated dynamic because the kitchen is your office but it is the client's home. And that's a very difficult balance to to strike until you strike it. Once you've once you've once everyone's um, learnt how to 
work in that environment, it's all easy. But you have to find that that level of kind of buoyancy. It's almost like when you scuba dive and you have to work out what kind of weight belt to have to work out what level you want to be at when you're diving, which that's a useless analogy if you don't understand scuba diving. But it, it's it's working it's working out where everyone sits and how everyone interacts with everyone else. And you, of course, when you're in a client's home, are being very professional. And the client is being themselves. So you have to be able to do it with your own personality uh, in a professional way that is going to fit in with the dynamic of the family. And uh, chefs who might be good at, say a head chef in a hotel, is used to dealing with a lot of information. They're used to dealing with uh, C&B, conference and banqueting information. They're used to dealing with F&B. They're used to dealing with a lot of information coming into them, but they're also used to doing it with quite a strong personality, quite a kind of sergeant major, stamp my foot, we're gonna do it like this, I've gotta run a tight ship, it's all about costings, we've gotta do it this way. Whereas that is not going to work in someone else's house. You need to be more, you need to take in all the information and then just move forwards with it without stamping your personality or your sergeant majoriness right through it because that's not appropriate. And so I'm looking for personality and what I always say, because the skills I can train, and what I always say is that um, private comes before chef because we are working as private chefs because private is more important than chef. You need to uphold the client's privacy to the to the maximum and not think, oh, I'm special because I'm cooking for Wayne Rooney. When Wayne Rooney isn't one of our clients, I just pick him at random. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you need to have value your job and think that you're doing a good job because you're cooking for someone who might be 17 on the squad and maybe gets a game um, every four or five weeks that's immaterial it's the fact that you are providing a great service to an athlete who's really valuing that service the name on the back of that person's shirt is immaterial and it's about keeping everything you know about the family keeping it as it just literally never passes your lips and we within 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 the company we say that you can only talk about a client under two circumstances one as if it's a mental health issue because couples do get divorced uh, and then it's stressful then it's a stressful environment to work in um and then you can talk to either becky who manages the business or myself um about mental health issues like i'm finding it really tough uh it's a horrible atmosphere in the house what do i do yeah of course talk to us about that and the other reason you can talk about the family is if there's if it's a police incident say, you know, next door's been burgled and you've seen the burglars running through the garden, uh, then you can talk to the police about that. But otherwise, you can't talk to anyone. You can talk about the food, talk about the food all day long. Like, I'm making, I'm, they want a curry, but they want it like a Thai curry, but they can't use coconut, so what do I do? It's like, oh, I, I don't know. Okay, well, we, you know, we talk about the food all the time, but talking about the client, mm, no, absolutely never. Mm. And that's, I think that's such a good summary. That's brilliant to hear about, 
you know, the real coalface side of things. And I think that's why I wanted to get you on the show. Um, and I think since we've known each other as well, we talk about food. I don't think I've ever asked you, oh, you know, who's that for? And I think that's how we connected because we've got similar values. And if you're playing around with uh, something to do with eggs or, you you know, you're giving me advice on something that I've scratch cooked at home and we're always asking each other how we're getting on and what we're working on things. Obviously, we, we both spoke at the Sport Bite as well. Um, which I can link to too because people can still get around that um, and I think we've got similar values in that sense isn't it it's, it's got the value of the work and, and wanting to support people and help in my mind you know with my side I'm not I'm not obviously producing the food but the the the, the fueling the recovery the mood you know the progress all that kind of stuff and like you said it could be for for someone who's 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 working in the city with a family or it could be for a, an exciting athlete um, but for me, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just it's what are the outcomes. And then that and that is it, isn't it? One to one consultations or um, private chef work is private. And, you know, when we sign up to these things and have these consented contracted conversations, that's why that's why they're at our door, really, isn't it? Because it's that it's that level of service. And I think the lines are blurred a little bit, aren't they? It's a service. We're providing a service and we're using our skills to make other people's lives happier and healthier. Yeah, no, I agree. I was just saying the lines are blurred a little bit now because obviously with social media, you know, some people trying to trying to build their businesses, you know, they are tagging the athletes and the people they work with. You know, they're very vocal about who they're helping and things like that. And I think, you know, if you decide to do that, maybe that you know, that probably does help your business. But I think what I like about you guys is it, it is food first. You're very open to contact and then, you know, you, you'll see what you can do and if it's the right fit. Great. If you're in the mood for it, it's great. But if you're not in the mood for it 
and you just could go, want to go and get some cowpole for your child because they've been throwing up, mm. then you, you don't need that. And we don't realise how lucky we are to be able to go down Tesco uh, just as they're closing, uh, dressed in tracksuit trousers, and uh, get a pint of milk and uh, maybe a bottle of gin. We can do that. No one cares. Whereas if you're super, super high profile, that could make that could literally make the front page of a tabloid. Mm, definitely. We yeah. do not realise how lucky we are. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, so so it's important for us to really respect someone's privacy and and to and to understand that when they're outside, they can't move. They may very well not be able to move around freely. Mm, definitely. No, I agree. And it's it's that kind of saying, isn't it? Everything's about money. You just have to be smart. So, uh, oh, that's, you know, that's that's a really interesting insight. And I think if we if we if we can move slightly into the, the relationships established, you've been you've been working with a client or a member of a team have been working for the client a, a little while. Um, I think it's obviously safe to say you mentioned it before you work to you do work in football. Um, so, you know, this this time of year season and things starting, how how is how is that varying from the performance chef side of things? Um compared to pre-season off-season um or like you said is it you're always just trying to engage in what the client likes and yes you might have to add more more calories more fuel this time of year or you know are, are you backing off like what what's the process now if we kind of go into a little bit of the the, the functional side of things good question uh we've had a couple of players change club and take us with them um, in some cases, taking their original chef with them, and in some cases, needing to change chef because the chef didn't want to move with the client, which is fair enough. Um, so then that's that's quite tricky because it, as a client changes uh, club, they also change performance nutritionist. And some clubs have got quite a kind of relaxed approach to performance nutrition. And as long as the body comp of the client is okay, then, you know, they, they, they let the client, uh, they let their player, uh, our client, um, eat pretty much what they want to eat. Uh, with, of course, uh, you know, carb loading, some, some days more carbs than others, and some days slightly more proteins than others. But generally, they just let the player crack on with it because the, what the player is doing is obviously right because the body comp is right and the, on the on the pitch the you know and training and on the pitch it all seems good so they let them crack on and then you'll get that a, a, a player move from a club like that to a much more uh, uh, I don't quite know what the word it uses a, a club that is is drills down a lot more a club that wants to have a lot more involvement with the nutrition which I understand because if I had assets like those players, I would want a lot of control if I was paying that much for their fee, their transfer fee, and paying that much for their salary and expecting three points out of a lot of them on a Saturday, then I would want a lot of control out of, out of that. Um, not all clubs do want a lot of control. Anyway, so um, you do, we, we've got, that exact situation happening at the moment a, a player's gone from a club where uh the nutritionist was very relaxed about that player's uh, body comp to a club which is m much more on it and the player is somewhat confused by the fact that they 
are expected to eat an exact amount of carbs and exact ratios of protein for every single meal they put in their body because that was not the case before. Whereas we're okay with it. We're like, oh yeah, well actually mate, I hate to break this to you, but this, this is normal. This new situation is actually normal. Before you were lucky, you were allowed to get away with murder. Now this is actually much more as it is with other clubs. Um, so that's a bit of a transition because it's also a fine line to take because you don't want to be seen as the bad guy. Um, you still want to be cooking great food for, for the client. But, uh, you know, we go in as performance chefs, we go in with all the nutritional, uh, with the spreadsheet we've been sent of the periodized nutrition on our phones, open it up, show it to the client and say, what would you like to eat? And this is what your nutritionist would like you to eat. How do we, how do we tie the two together? Meet in the middle. And you do get, you do get good buy-in. You do get a, a, a high level of um, compliance. Um, but equally, there are some days when the client just want to eat, wants to eat what they want to eat. Food is mood. Um, you can argue with them. I don't see the point in arguing with them. Um, if somebody really, really wants to eat a lasagna and it's supposed to be a low carb day, you'll say to them, okay, I'm just going to put one sheet of pasta in. Is that going to be all right with you? Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, so that's what you think's best. Or if they're like, no, I want a proper lasagna. Okay, well, you make them a lasagna. You make the very best lasagna you can make. It's all, you know, it's the local butcher. It's organic. It's all good. Um, and that makes, you know, that ticks their mental box. They're happy. They're content. They'll go to training the following day. Happy, well-fed, well-fueled. You know, occasionally bending the rules. I don't have a big, I don't have a big issue with that. Mm. Yeah, agreed. But in terms of what they're doing now, it's in t well, it, this has been such a funny season um, that really the season break was in March. I mean, that was something like 99 days, 100 days of no football, and then the restart. Um, and now there's just been these three weeks, four weeks, three weeks. So pre-season, there was, there was a very small amount of time off, and then it was straight back to pre-season. And the clubs didn't go to Asia or, or the States as they normally do to do, you know, like a pre-season tournament. Yeah. Uh, it, has, it has been very strange. And fitness levels, I think fitness levels are quite high in general. But I think it has, like, upset everyone's, like, you know, mental equilibrium. Mm. Because... Football is a crazy, crazy, crazy world. The only thing you can, the only thing that's constant is you know the start date, you know the end date, and you know all the matches. But that one constant we haven't had for last season. Mm. So there has been no constant, which I think has upset a lot of people's, you know, it's the only constant you've got, and that's gone. It has made everyone, it made the whole thing flux. Everything, everything's fluid now. Mm. But hopefully, this season, um, the plan will be stuck to. Fans are starting to come back in. We shall see. Definitely, definitely. No, it's a fascinating perspective. And I think just touching on that side of things with changing clubs and, you know, most, most performance nutritionists in, in a professional football club like that worth their salt, they will realise that obviously they, they'll do what they can do when when the player's there. And, you know, if that's 
they they have a chef on site breakfast snacks lunch you know afternoon snacks supplementation but then the, pl- the player's going to go home and like you said food is mood sometimes and to be fair you know if I was looking after a group of players and I knew that a certain players had performance chefs and, and a team like yourself cooking for them and yeah you know you instruct a lower carbohydrate day for a rest day but someone has something like a lasagna it's 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 not creating a situation where look you know that's bad you failed because obviously like you said there's there's a lot of history in in dishes like that for people eating's a learned behavior like you said quality of ingredients having having someone there you know a member of your team or yourself to discuss these things you know the why it's it's powerful stuff so i think it's um yeah it's 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 an interesting perspective and i'm the same if you can shine the lens on okay look this is what we'd exactly like you to do when you leave the club um you know you're never going to get perfection um, but I think it's obviously it's that person's full time job to to pull on all these all these strands with each player. So you, you can understand it. You know, someone's going in every day and that's that's part of their job description to obviously scrutinise what the player's doing outside of the club, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I've uh, started to listen to quite a lot of um, sports psych podcasts. Yeah. And Which one are you listening to at the moment? I've, I've got a new one on the go, too. Uh, well, Yeah, I'm li- I was listening to that just before we started recording together, actually. Yeah, and that's just so fascinating because literally everything they say, I'm like, yeah, mate, and the rest. Like, you know, that is only the beginning of it because we see, I see, the the, the our clients, players, elite athletes who are operating, you know, at, at the very top of their game. Uh, they're, you know, really well-known individuals in the domestic league, but also playing internationally. Um, and I see them, you know, reaching around looking for their car keys. Uh, and y- you see a completely different side of people when it's they're not part of a team, they're not competing, they're not travelling. You know, I really realised how hard an elite athlete's like, how hard it is to be a football player. People think, some people think they're spoiled. If they're not, it's it's non-stop. So much travel, training really takes it out of them. They all have a sleep in the afternoon because they're all exhausted. Um, you know, it's really just travel, okay. Yeah, it, quite often it's by private jet. It's still going to take it out of you. Mm. Um, and it's it's really, really demanding. And that like that side is not seen that side of the individual is not necessarily noticed at the club because at the club it's all you know quite often it's all boys together or you know we're all a team or it's another sort of club where they're all quite prima donnery and they don't like each other and they don't talk to each other outside of outside of work they don't talk to each other other clubs they're very chatty always around each other's houses they're all mates they're a bunch of lads it's like a Sunday football league. You know, they're all around each other's houses all the time because they're mates, even though it's the premiership, which is good. And those teams always perform really well, even though they might not have massive budgets. It's because they're mates on a pitch, enjoying kicking a ball about, rather than it being a whole bunch of prima donnas of like, oh, well, I need to 
my place and uh, I hate him, but I might pass the ball to him. Um, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic to see how a player is actually as a human being, as, as not even as a human being, as an individual, like away from the team, just trying to perform daily functions, uh, how they communicate with the people they live at home with, how they communicate with the chef. Um, yeah, communication is, is a really, really big thing. And of course, your ability to communicate clearly without, a hu- without it being very emotionally charged is a, is a key factor to how successful and how happy you are. And a lot of these young guys have got no ability to communicate no and no understanding of the need to communicate wanting the result of the communication but not understanding i need to communicate to get this information out and therefore that information to be acted and reacted on and to arrive at the point that i want to be at they just don't get it and you can also see that on the pitch i think you can see that maturity I don't think it's necessarily even maturity, but that personality, that ability to not be not be a, like a one-man island, but like I need to say what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, in order to get back what what for, uh, for other people to understand that, and for me to get back what I want or what they are feeling and thinking. You can, I think, you can see that on the pitch by how people play, and the people who are better, who have the personality to communicate well, are. I think freer players on the pitch, more interactive, uh, and might get the ball and have a plan to run to goal and score themselves. But then actually think, no, he's got a better chance. I'm going to pass it to him mm. because they—that's just part of their communication. They're communicating with with how they're playing. Yeah, the lens that you look through is so fascinating because, like you said, you know, what's the manner of the man when they are at home getting ready? you know kids are doing something or whatever they're trying to pack their stuff you know they're away from that high performance environment and then you're saying obviously I don't, I'm trying to find the words too it's not it's not development or it's not a value system I'm not really sure it's trying to kind of tease this out because I know where you're going with it you're saying once once you you meet someone and a player and maybe they are better if that's the right word to use at the communication side of things with a chef in their home life confident around life tasks outside of the training ground then you maybe see that side of it when they are playing um, and their development and and their performances and then longevity around that side of things too so um, I I don't even know using the word professional because it's yeah it's such an interesting perspective you see that and you see some that obviously are so talented you've got young guys that are so talented and everyone's talking about them saying they're the next big thing but then like you said their their flat might be a bit of a mess um, you know, they may be sitting down, not knowing, not knowing what they want for breakfast, not ever having to make many decisions. Um, and then, you know, if they can't maintain that side of things off the pitch, are are they going to be able to recover well, find a balance to then to the end, in, enjoy and and create a career that's that's long lasting. And it'll be interesting to see some of these guys yeah. coming towards the end of their career that are still that are, that are still doing well and performing well, and 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 for argument's sake, getting better. You know what? What are they doing then off the pitch now? It'd be brilliant to understand that and and how they've developed the the nutrition, the communication, the recovery. You know, it's all working together, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is.
is all working together. But I see, but we also see the other side of things. In that there are, and this this works in, as chefs too. There are plenty of chefs, probably whose names you know, and they may or may not have Michelin stars, who are extremely driven and extremely good at one thing. That is being a chef in a kitchen, running service. That is the thing they do. The rest of their life, total and utter disaster. But you also see this in players. There are some players who are on the pitch, geniuses, and they're not even necessarily any good at training. Like you can see the manager is frustrated with them all the time. But on the pitch, they can turn the magic on. They are amazing. But the rest of their life, total chaos total chaos and so sport is their one kind of sanctuary being on the pitch putting their jersey on getting on the pitch is the one place where where life makes sense to them the rest of life doesn't makes no sense to them at all uh, but sport is their sanctuary it's where it you know, it's it's where it, one thing where it all makes sense to them. Every cell in their body is aligned. It's all go. And the minute they get off the pitch, it's chaos again. And in their bodies, in their minds, in their lives, it's all chaos. Same with chefs. You get that with chefs. There are plenty of chefs who are extremely, extremely driven. They're good at one thing, being chefs. Everything else, disasters. And then you get other chefs who are maybe whose names you don't know. Um, who are extremely happy, capable human beings. They don't have a Michelin star, but they have great relationships. They have children who are being developed into great young adults. Um, financially, they're competent, and they are running a, a, a very strong, happy life. Do you know their name? Are they top of the culinary tree? No, but they're great chefs. They're very good at what they do, but they're rounded individuals. They're not just good at that one thing and can only excel in that one thing. They're making good, happy lives. And so, you know, you, you also see that w with players. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's again, you know, it's, it's such a fascinating perspective. I keep coming back to obviously the, the lens that you're shining on from being a performance chef to, you know, being on the coalface of being in someone's house and, and working. And like you said, people from the outside might think, well, you know, it's an easy job. You're you're cooking in someone's mansion. Um, you know, you're charging X, but actually, to to retain a client, to build relationships, to support them, to see those emotional ups and downs, to obviously keep uh, the private side of things, to deliver. Um, it's you know, it's it's a it's it's a job that you need skill, you need patience, and um, yeah, I think. It's people are people are more aware of it, aren't they now? It's, you know, people people are talking a lot more. You know, it's it's known that uh, performance chefs now exist. You obviously got a lot online who do work for teams on Instagram, shining the light on, you know, here's this for the boys this week or this and that. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you, you must have obviously seen the field grow over over the last um, few years. And, you know, like where where do you think things are heading? Do you think there's there's going to be more specialist companies like yourself or do you think it'll be you know people will, will join teams like yourself and then there'll be kind of maybe less less businesses but but you know larger organizations maybe doing things on the kind of bespoke level like you guys are well i can tell you what how we think it's developing because we are part of it uh and you know we're not islands we are reacting to what's going on obviously we are reacting to what performance nutritionists say to us we are reacting to the athletes which of course are getting younger every year and uh particularly
Nikki, we've got a load of French athletes and they now speak, uh, my French is quite good, but these athletes who are 21, 22, 23, they're speaking an entirely different sort of French to the French that I learnt <laughs> 30 years ago. Uh, and, you know, I speak French a lot and I go to France a lot. I mean, not now, obviously, but mm. um, so I wouldn't say that I learnt French the once and then that's it. I didn't learn it. You know, I'm not, I've, I've kept up with my French and I've kept up with uh, how French has changed. But these young guys, they are using like loads of slang and, it, you know, making French a much more living, much more vibrant language. And I'm like, I, 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 I yeah, <laughs> I don't understand this. <laughs> And they don't understand my French either. But, you know, you have to learn. And that's the same with, with all of our clients. Our clients are getting younger every year. And I, I'm, I'm not getting younger. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting older. No, you definitely are. You are dealing with different generations who want to eat different things. And now it's very much about uh, people will show you things, clients will show you things on Instagram and say, what is this? I'd like this. And you're like, right, I don't really know why Can you send it to me? And we'll have a look at it and work out, what, oh, yeah, I think, yeah. And then if it's been made in a restaurant, I quite often ring up the restaurant and I say, look, I, um, and you might find this is a bit rude, but this is your one chef to another. What is in that? How do you make that? And they'll either tell you or they won't. Invariably, they will tell you or they'll give you enough hints that you can then make it yourself. Um, but in terms of the profession, so like day to day, I'm saying it's changing because the client is changing and also the understanding of performance nutrition by the nutritionist that is changing because we are literally the bridge between the two with the bridge between the performance nutritionist and the athlete and the athlete is changing the performance nutrition is changing so we are changing too we are in a dynamic environment but um in terms of the profession there is still no method for qualifying as a performance chef you can qualify as a chef you can qualify as a nutritionist, you can qualify as a performance nutritionist, you can't qualify as a performance chef. So that for us is the next step. We are talking, we have a relationship with a, a university in Philadelphia called Drexel. And Drexel are kind of like the Loughborough of the Northeast in, the, in that they're a very sporty um, university. They're and of course in the states the situation is entirely different they will have a lot collegiate sport is huge you know people will go and watch this university play that university at american football that's mm. a huge thing which we don't have that culture here in the uk but collegiate sport university sport in the states is massive so drexel's you know very well known for that um and also they have on their staff uh, nutritionists who consult with a lot of um, uh, professional teams, ice hockey teams, um, soccer teams, as they would call it. Lot, lots of lots of consultancy going on, and they've partnered with us. We've partnered with them uh, to help train their performance nutritionists to talk to performance chefs, because that is the big disconnect. Performance nutritionists write a big dossier give it to the athlete and think job done to which i say what do you think happens to your dossier how do you think that becomes food quite a lot of performance nutritionists don't just just don't make that jump um so i say to them do you think they lick the page um, and then they start to understand oh yes that 
page is not food, is it? No, that page is not food. So this is where we come in. We take the we take the information off the page and put it on a plate. This is like one of our little catchphrases: off the page, put it on a plate. Um, uh, so we are working. We're starting to work with Drexel to outline a course which would um, qualify chefs to be performance chefs which is it doesn't have to be a massive course we still don't know exactly the exact shape of it but it's just basically about listening so really it's going to qualify you to listen to performance nutritionists and listen to athletes because that's that's the skill that i have that's what my profession is it's listening but a lot of people um don't necessarily understand how to use their skills to fulfill other people's needs but that's what we do. God, that's superb. And everyone listening to this, I suppose, watch this space and I'll leave all the details and things to keep in touch with you as always in the show notes and things. And yeah, I wasn't aware of that. That that sounds fantastic. And God, if I was early in my career and I just got off the phone with you, I just thinking, you know, what would be running through my mind if you had said all those things and said, look, do they lick the page and all that kind of stuff? And it's, that is just so brilliant to hear. Um, and, and I think, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky, like, grew up, a lot around food scratch cooking mum and sister are really into it and you know I, I do value the food side and then I think sometimes I maybe go a bit too deep into that and then leave a bit more of the performance nutrition stuff at the door but it, it is a balance and it is about you know we I'm lucky. it's hard it's I'm hard lucky. to get it right yeah I can just concentrate on the food because as long as I'm listening to everybody's input then I only need to worry about the food of course the nutrition of the food and how the food is eaten, you know, how the food is enjoyed. But I don't, you know, I don't have a complicated life. As long as I'm listening to people, my life is easy. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, cool. And look, before 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 we go, Rach, I think um, we we dug into a lot of the elite performance side, but I know you're offering a brilliant Sunday supper feed up. Of again, I'll put the link in the show notes to that. So is that? <laughs> You know what's the what what's the crack behind that? Is it obviously strange and difficult times? You guys are thinking deliveries, um, you know, fantastic kind of good hearty food on a Sunday. Um, is it just for the local area, or have you know have you got a team of de- delivery drivers going around the country? What's the crack? Uh, well, uh, again, like a lot of a lot of the business, a lot of my career has happened by chance, and I've been offered amazing opportunities by chance obviously I go out and talk to people and try and encourage them to work with us as well but um, by chance our local football club who are called the Salisbury Whites were looking for somebody to do their match day catering now Salisbury Whites could ask me what league they're in I don't know they're a lovely bunch of lads and everyone's happy and it's a great club and everyone chats to everybody else I think they're in the Southern League is that a thing? But anyway, lovely, lovely, lovely place. Uh, and so we do their match day catering, uh, which of course is very important after matches. How they refuel? It's you know a really vital part of the regeneration process. As your first meal after a match, and then how well you sleep and how well you communicate with people. All, all those things we already know. Um, and also, uh, we have, so that means we have a lovely commercial kitchen that we can use. And all the way through lockdown, everyone was saying to us, you really should do a collection service. You really should do a collection service. Uh, so we did. Uh, and also, over the summer, 
know why, uh, because of uh, lockdown. Um, so I was in the UK all through the summer, and it just seemed like a great opportunity to do something that would be really valued by the community whilst all the restaurants were closed and so we you know bounced around ideas talked to people and uh, decided to do sunday lunch so we do roast beef roast chicken uh, vegetarian vegan and by special request we also do um roast salmon uh, because you know, I think you know. As I said, we are dynamic. So if you want roast, you know, it's not like oh, a roast beef. You know, if you're going to have Sunday roast, it must be roast beef. You know, have what you want. We we don't mind. Um, and um, yeah, great selection of puddings as well, because that's what I trained. Well, I trained to be a chef, but then after that, I trained to be a pastry chef. Um, so great selection of puddings. Uh, and there's local beer as well, if uh, if you want to pick that up as well. Um, and yeah, we do we do a, a, a good trade. And I think that as it becomes more wintry, we will start to do an extremely good trade doing that. And it's just for collection for people in Salisbury. So it's slightly north of Salisbury. So Salisbury, Amesbury, um, all the outlying villages, all those people um, use the service. And it's a nice, also, it's a nice way for us to be connected to our local community and our local business community because we do so much of our work outside Salisbury. We do it in London, we do it in the Northwest, uh, we do it along the South Coast. Uh, it's really nice for us to have our business roots um, in Salisbury and, and to know people and, and be supported and to support um, our, our local community because businesses is a collaborative affair. You don't get much done by yourself. Um, you're always, you know, you and I talk, um, but it's, all, it's always talking to, you know, local people like, yeah, I'm not so certain I'm happy with my accountant. Who do you use? Um, I want to do some, want to do some filming. Who would you suggest? You need those local contacts. Um, and that, you know, knits you into the community and you bring business to other people and other people bring business to you, which is what business is all about. Correct. Correct. And look, even if you're listening to this, lovely people, and you're not anywhere near, look, click the link and just have a look. Because even for foodie inspiration, if you want to, you know, if you want to get around cooking something, even just roasting up salmon or beef or making a kind of roast dinner, then look at the photos and, and take some inspiration, take stock from that too. So, no, I really wanted to touch on that because I know I know people will be interested in exactly what you spoke about, bridging the gap between the player, the performance nutritionist and the performance chef. But I, I know you're a woman that, that wants to push uh, a service in the community as well and I think that's how I found out about you anyway on Instagram following a lot of what you were doing in the area and then obviously we we met and 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 you know started to widen the conversation about some of the other stuff you do under you know the different names so um you've got the you've got the talk eat laugh side haven't you and then you've got the the um discreet and delicious side so um no that's fantastic yes. but talk eat laugh talk eat laugh is for all the things we can talk about so that is uh we do lots of functions, lots of reception parties, lots of 50th birthday parties, 40, lots of weddings. We do lots of things like this. Mm. Uh, obviously, not so much in lockdown. Uh, and then discreet and delicious is all the things we can't talk about. So that is all our private clients, all the elite athletes, 
uh, yeah, everything we can't talk about. And also discreet and delicious, works in lots of different languages, works in French, works in Italian, uh, works in Danish, you know, it's, so we've got a way of being extremely successful in an extremely private field. because you know quite often you're sitting somewhere talking to someone and they say what do you do and i i don't want to say oh i cook for every single famous footballer you can think of because then i, I don't want to do that no of course no I of course I, I, because then the questions start and i don't I, so i say oh i run a little catering business uh, we do this we do that uh, we're quite interested in nutrition what do you do and if they say oh well, I'm, a, I'm a nutritionist for uh, an ice hockey club I go all oh, right okay well I'll tell you what we really do then yeah <laughs> right. I, I, I have a kind of like, rather like a mafia I've got a cover story of we do this <laughs> but actually we're doing an entire we're running an entirely I say it's a pizza parlor but in fact we're a we're a, a what do you call it like a, a collection then what do you call it when you protection when you go around to people's restaurants and bully them into giving you money, oh, uh, it's, it's kind of like that. Obviously, uh, that's not I'm trying to think. Thing. I'm trying to think. Well, yeah, that's a, a front. Is that a front? Yeah, it is a front. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you know, you're doing things under the cover of darkness and you're roughing people up, but actually, yeah. you're serving, that's you know, re- really that's nice caprichosas. Cap- yes. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, Look. so we're protecting a pizza restaurant, but actually, we're running a protection racket. Uh, so, but it's not, I'm joking, obviously. So we pretend we do a bit of catering in the local area where, in fact, we're running a national performance chef circuit. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Brilliant. I, I, I think that's a great place to end. And I think that just encapsulate, encapsulates, like you said, exactly what you do. So I think hopefully, lovely people, you've learned, you've learned, obviously, the importance and it comes back to basics of, of listening. You know, if you're a young practitioner, or if you're just getting into sports nutrition, or if you find yourself in a bit of a rut and you think, how can I work on my communication skills? You know, I think Rachel has really shined the light on a few things there. Um, definitely follow what she does. Everything will be on there down to the, you know, the salmon roast all the way over to what to what she's cooking on a daily basis comes out on Instagram. Um, if you like the show, please share it with someone. Listen to the episode that Rachel and I did a year ago. I think it's a, a, a bit of a bit of a kind of more insight into how you got into doing what you're doing, I think, and, and more of an introductory conversation. So if you're interested in, 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 in private chef work and performance chef work and you know you want to stay in touch with with how this course and things developing too then definitely stay in touch with Rachel so look thanks so much for your time and I'll, and I'll let you ca- carry on Rachel's dived into a car to to lit to talk to me on an absolute scorcher so go and get some sunlight in the eyeballs and yeah we'll speak soon yeah absolutely cool all right thank you very much I've really enjoyed talking to you Matt have a great week cool cheers guys